Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. I'm ashamed to admit I almost said, oh, Blink-182. Oh, man. (laughs) I know. What an insult to Green Day. Uh, Blink or Green Day, Ben? Gotta be Green Day, right? I think Green Day's Dookie album alone wiped Blink-182 out of the water. Blink was kind of the anti-band, weren't they? They were more interested in being a goof, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of a little jokey, a little hokey. Their drummer dated, uh, and may even have married, uh, a very attractive model. That was very sexist to say in today's modern society. Shouldn't models be attractive? Am I off there by saying that? Well, it's, you know. Got to be careful what you say nowadays, Ben. Got to be careful what you say. I don't say. know. I guess 2020 is yeah, different. 2020. Hey, welcome in, everybody. Uh, it's really nice to have you with us. We... Uh, Appreciate it greatly, and I do tremendously. Um, we are uh, driving towards another uh, football weekend up in the city of brotherly love, ECU and Temple, where the Pirates have uh, have had struggles in recent years. Coach Houston in a few minutes will join us, so uh, we'll have uh, an opening segment here, and then go to him in our Pirate Report. Lots to talk about with him. Um, obviously. Uh, you know, I follow some of our other stations and shows, social media pages, right? And uh, our guy, Tom Lamprecht, uh, put out something yesterday about, you know, the restrictions in California. California's got some real heavy restrictions. Today, uh, the Gov announced this color-coded system, which... Don't even get me started on it. And then uh, he released something about Philadelphia. And we were in the middle of talking to Zoki, and I, th- I think I was so impressed with your questions, Ben, I, I kind of forgot about it, you know? Thank you, thank and, you. And so <laughs> I looked at it uh, after the show. Because on Mondays, we can't run over. We got we to gotta hit the mark, as they say in the business to take you behind the curtain so we can get um, we can get to the Mike Houston radio show, which I really uh, enjoyed last night. I thought it was really good. And so I start reading the article before I leave here, and I find out uh, that uh, Philadelphia has basically shut itself down. So then I thought, what's our guy Brace going to do? What's our guy Jansen going to do? But I guess they're essential because they're media, you know, in a sense. But, uh, boy, the Pirates have – we're going to let Mike Houston kind of give us an update on that, but gracious. I mean, they can't meet in, like, a ballroom at a hotel in the, within the city limits. Can you believe that? They have to eat in their rooms. It's like Philadelphia's not letting anybody – there'll be no fans at the game. 
which, you know, it will be a little odd, I'm sure. But, I mean, it's also not a lot of fans up there, usually, for the Temple anyway. I know a lot of Pirate fans would make the trip over the years to go up there. Most uh, notably, the uh, the very honorable uh, Scott Shook would make that trip. It was a great representative uh, up there. <laughs> uh, they got a skybox one year at uh, the Eagle Stadium and uh, watched the Pirates, I think, turn it over five times that day. The old Shane Carden, uh, Justin Hardy team that was riding well, went up there and turned it over five times, got beat, and I was I was flabbergasted. Uh, Pat Jones, who used to work here, longtime producer, uh, yourself or myself, and uh, I think Sonny were at uh, one of the local establishments watching the game because it was you know one of those noon kicks again and. And then a couple years ago, the Pirates went back up there, and uh, I happened to be, where was I? Somehow I ended up watching the game at my uh, sister's, and, and oh, my gosh, the Pirates, the time I got to her house, they were already getting hammered. Pimp always Beaten. has our number, it seems like, here recently. They, they have recently. And I'll say this, they've kind of, and they've done it through different head coaches, but they've stuck to common kind of core values. And those values include... Uh, big and physical up front on both sides of the ball, but especially on the offensive line. And uh, they've been really, really good uh, as far as being a physical team. They've made balls. I mean, Temple's football history used to be atrocious. Um, uh, so Rod Carey is their coach. He spoke yesterday. We got some cuts from him. I want to play this one in particular where he talks about, you know, they've had COVID issues They've had injury issues on top of their COVID issues. And we'll ask Mike Houston about this as well. But basically, their head coach is saying the last three weeks, he just as soon not play. Let's play that cut, Ben. I think it's number 13 on the vast soundbite roster today. Uh, we took 45 scholarship players from UCF. Uh, I think we traveled another 16. Um, I think we've been a critical match for three weeks. Um, but uh, the powers that be have not agreed. You know, there's obvious losing, losing sucks, right? I mean, you know, you, th that's a negative in and of itself. But when the safety becomes in question, uh, which in my opinion has been over the last three weeks, I think that's when, um, uh, you know, it, it becomes a negative to play. And like I said, the powers that be have not agreed with me. Um, and so I'm not in the decision-making uh, role when it comes to that. Um, and there are other people that are. I wouldn't play the last three weeks. So uh, he was asked later in the press conference about who the decision makers are. And we might pull that cut for future use, but I'll tell you what was interesting about that. Coach Carey uh, at Temple said the decision makers are, are not him and not necessarily even the school, although he funnels his, his thoughts through, I guess, his athletic administration to the conference office. And then it's that group. That's the conference medical evaluation team, which is made up of doctors with each school that, uh, sort of makes the decision. Now he said they, you know, obviously they're in charge of all the COVID, but I guess reading between the lines, his thought was they're not looking very closely at things like, you know, uh, attrition and number of guys that are, I mean, 45 guys, I mean, that's about half your scholarships, assuming you have 85. And then, I mean, that, with the 14, that's not even 
like a, an FCS scholarship level. And so that's, that's, you know, I can understand it there and I, I certainly feel for him, but I, I'm sure they're not the only ones going through it. I just think it was very interesting that he was as vocal as he was about, they shouldn't have played the last three weeks. So, you know, right now that game is on, I, I think it could go to Friday is what coach said last night. We'll, we'll check in again with coach Houston here in a few minutes and, and get some clarity on what's happening. Coach Houston, at least last night, felt like the game was going to be played. We'll talk to him about that coming up. But I, I just can't, uh, <laughs> with those comments and making them publicly, I just wonder, is the coach going to try to to say with everything going on and they've shut down the city, should we go ahead and push this thing back? And, and last night, maybe today, I don't think today in the press conference, I think last night uh, coach was asked on his radio show about the possibility of you know, trying to schedule a game on the 5th. And I don't think that's going to happen now because, you know, obviously you, you have to be able to get these last two games in and everybody has to kind of get these conference games in. I, maybe they will wind up doing something. Who knows? Uh, but uh, nonetheless, that's kind of the story. The The other thing that he talked about, uh, and we'll save this for later on, uh, but they're down to their four-string quarterback. Now, he was a three-star recruit out of South Carolina. I think Mike Houston uh, is familiar with the young man his family or something like that from his time, you know, at, at JMU and Citadel. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that discussion here in a bit. Uh, a couple of things to uh, roll out there uh, for you. Tomorrow, Brian Mull's going to be with us. Uh, we'll talk with uh, B. Mull about the Masters later in the week. The uh, head coach at JP2, congratulations to them. They're actually playing uh, for the uh, eight-man independent Division II state championship at home on Saturday night against Parrot Academy. APA, my alma mater there in Kinston, is in the eight-man championship game for the sixth time in the last seven years, and they actually um, uh, won in Raleigh last night against uh, the undefeated uh, team in that bracket in the number one seed. So now the uh, Patriots will take on JP2 Saturday night. And uh, congratulations to uh, everybody involved in that. And congratulations to getting through a successful football season. Uh, I'm still sort of dumbfounded that uh, they did not. Uh, that Q Tucker said yesterday that she did not uh, and has not talked to anybody about the independent schools for the things they've done to get through, uh, you know, the, the football season and football games tonight. Uh, Ben, did did you get the Q Tucker cut I sent you earlier today? It should be in your email if you don't have it immediately. Let me know when you get that. Uh, It was sent earlier today. The reason I bring that up is because I'd like to see. uh, I had someone ask me last night about the mask mandate. And if I talked to somebody else today about this, you know, they started high school volleyball and those girls are having to wear masks when they play those young ladies. And I just. I was talking to someone in the medical field yesterday and they were concerned about oxygen intake. And I, I, I couldn't find where that was addressed specifically beyond a, a pre-read statement, but she was asked about it in basketball and in basketball. I mean, they're, they're at least in the public schools now working out, but are supposed to be working out with masks on. And again, I, I just think the concern from some is, you know, how do you do that with, making sure you you have the proper oxygen intake while you're exerting yourself physically. Uh, we'll get to that cut a little later on uh, in the show because we do need to grab a break here. Uh, coach at about quarter past, we'll talk with him. 
And uh, we'll have that cut for you. Hear more from Coach Carey and uh, have more on the Patrick Johnson Show. A quick uh, mention here and our uh, heartfelt and sincere condolences with everyone at uh, Channel 9 Television, WNCT. Kevin O'Brien, uh, who, uh, if you were at an ECU sporting event or a high school sporting event or anything in Greenville uh, over the last 20, 30 years, you saw Kevin O'Brien. He was kind of a bearded guy with, with uh, these circular big glasses, and he uh, uh, was a cameraman and, and a very good one, very good photojournalist. And uh, uh, we learned yesterday that he apparently uh, died uh, yesterday, uh, kind of suddenly, unexpectedly. And uh, uh, he would often shoot a lot of things for Brian Bailey in sports. Our friend Todd Gibson, I mean, just a guy that everyone knew. Harris Faulkner is with Fox News Channel. Her first ever live shot, he helped kind of talk her through it and get her through that. So she she put something on Twitter about that last night or Facebook. So it's uh, uh, certainly a, a sad time over there. And uh, our, our thoughts, condolences, and prayers are with those folks. All right, a timeout. We'll come back. Mike Houston on the other side, uh, our one-on-one each week with the coach on the Patrick Johnson Show. Pirates. Boy, there. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P Man. Uh, put it to This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94 3, the game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94 3, the game. During our show yesterday, we had. Uh, our friend down the hall, Tom Lamprecht, who has uh, his show in the afternoons on uh, our sister station, 103.7 and 96.3, put out an article about uh, what was happening in Philadelphia. We were talking to Jim Zoki, and I really read the article once we got done with that interview. And it, it dawned on me, I put two and two together, I'm, I'm slightly smarter than I look, that uh, these protocols of Philadelphia are probably going to have an impact on ECU, who's going to play Temple this weekend. Uh, Mike Houston, coach of the Pirates, joins us as we uh, have our weekly chat with him back on uh, Tuesday. Uh, boy, coach, I- I'm sure what has been decided is going to happen in the city of brotherly love is going to have some impact on your preparations Friday and even on game day. Yeah, quite a bit. And it's ironic. And I was talking about this you know, seconds ago before we got on the phone call and been working on it for uh, about the last day or so. But uh, obviously everything with the game is going to be heavily impacted. I mean, no fans at the game on Saturday. Um, but, you know, in 2020, that's not the biggest uh, concern. You know, you just the restrictions with the hotels, um, you know, we can't meet indoors at all. Wow. We cannot eat. Uh, together, you know, we got to serve food to the kids' rooms, um, and it just completely throws your your Friday Saturday out of whack. So you have no way to do anything preparation wise once we get there. So you know, we're exploring all options um, and just working with uh, some resources around the surrounding area to see if we can find uh, a place where we can function a little bit better. But uh, you know, obviously, it's it's going to it's going to put a uh, little bit of a, a wrinkle into our preparation. Yeah. Uh, so, Coach, does that mean, uh, thankfully, it's a noon game, so you're not around a hotel all day, uh, kind of uh, uh, and up and get breakfast and, and get to the stadium, I guess, on Saturday. Right. What does that do, though, with Friday? I, I, or will you all maybe get there a little later? Because, you know, the last thing I'm sure you want is 
not having the opportunity to meet and guys just sitting around hotel rooms for several hours. Right. And, you know, the biggest concern is making sure the kids get rest. Mm-hmm. That is the, the number one concern. So, um, and you'd be, you'd be surprised, you know, how much it'll impact game day morning too. So it's just, we're looking at some different uh, options uh, and working with uh, the hotel that we've currently got a contract with in Philadelphia and seeing if there's anything they can do. And then, um, you know, fortunately I've played, you know, multiple games up there in that area over the years. So we've stayed a variety of different places around and outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're see- we're just seeing where the, you know, where the restrictions apply and where they don't. Is there, <laughs> how, how does that impact uh, meetings and, I guess a walkthrough, uh, potentially. Well, right now at the hotel, at the if, in Philadelphia, we could not meet indoors, right? Um, at all, mm-hmm. and uh, so you you we wouldn't be able to meet. The only thing you could do walkthrough wise is if you got out in an open space uh, with a mask, you could probably get a walkthrough in. You know, I guess. Right. So, yeah. Uh, it, the, restri- it, the, restri- the restrictions are pretty tight. It's fluid. Fortunately, if you had to walk through outside, I mean, for the week before Thanksgiving in Philadelphia, the weather uh, Friday and the yeah. Saturday doesn't look as cold or, as, or as, as bad as it could be. Yeah. So that that's you know, if there's, as long as we could do that, that's not as big a deal. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, uh, Coach Mike, the, me- the, meeting, the meeting, the meeting, and eating are the meeting, eating, and getting the kids rest. Those are the biggest concerns. Gotcha, uh, Coach Mike Houston's with us uh, here, Coach. Uh, uh, it, it's not an easy job and, uh, it just seems like it never is, uh, there, there's always a new curve or wrinkle around the corner. Uh, it, it seems like, uh, this year and, uh, you know, I, I got to kind of wonder, you know, and, and I hate this question, but I think it's, it's somewhat appropriate to, to ask here, just kind of the state of, of the, the players right now, the state of the program right now, from the standpoint of, uh, the attitude and, uh, the enthusiasm right now. I mean, I think attitude and enthusiasm is, is, is quite good. Um, you know, the kids have been very resilient. They're probably more resilient than uh, I am. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a crazy year with everything going back all the way to March, uh, to just, you know, not having an off season for, you know, development and spring practice and kind of getting to know all the new players to just all the adversity we've had throughout the fall. Uh, but the one thing that, you know, don't know whether you're a third year player or a first year player, mm-hmm. you know, they all can see, you know, themselves improving. Uh, they can all see the positive, uh, you know, the positive culture with each other in that locker room. Uh, and that's, you know, that, that's, that's the big thing is just keeping that protected, uh, continuing to stick to the things that, you know, are, are, are your foundational things of, you know, your, the way, the way we work, the way we prepare, the way we conduct our personal lives, uh, you know, the way we, you know, challenge each other on a daily basis, you know, all those things are the most important things right now. Coach, uh, Rod Carey, their, their head coach, uh, I think it was yesterday was quoted as saying, you know, if, if it were up to him, they might not have played the last three weeks. Uh, and I guess that's a combination of COVID, a combination of, uh, injuries and depth. And I mean, a lot of programs right now are facing that issue this time of year. Uh, what, what could be the, the latest, I mean, could this thing go all the way up to potentially Friday as far as, I mean, I, I think the feel is that both sides want to play. I know you want to play uh, and your players want to play, but uh, could this, could this get to the end of the week before decisions ultimately I, made? I, I don't see us not playing the game. I mean, when you look at us, I mean, 
I've never had a season where we've dealt with this many injuries on top of COVID. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's what you got to deal with. Yeah. We're all dealing with it. Right. And it's, you can go back to not having spring and summer as to a big reason, uh, for some of the teams struggling with this, uh, in my opinion. So, um, you got, you got to handle it though. You got to, you got to move forward to the next guy. You got to move forward to the next day. You got to make adjustments. Um, it's not ideal. Uh, but you know, it's, you, you're going to line up and play. Certainly we've had situations all throughout this year. Where we've had multiple players out every single week. I mean, we have not played with our, our full roster the entire year. Yeah. So it's, uh, I, I feel for him, but I can, I can certainly, <laughs> right, sympath- yeah. I can certainly emp- empathize with him because, you know, we've been through the same things and, Certainly, he's frustrated. I mean, we've all been frustrated this year. That's just that's that's what you know. When everybody was so gung ho that you know they wanted to play this fall, I, I really don't think people outside of you know the the day to day coaches understood what a challenge it was going to be. A- absolutely, we wanted to play, and I'm glad we have. But it's we understood the challenges we were going to have, and and even still, they've been you know pretty daunting. So. Um, but at least we've gotten to play. Uh, at least we are going to get to play this Saturday, uh, and it's another opportunity for our kids to go out and compete. We've got uh, Mike Houston with us, ECU and Temple, noon on uh, Saturday. Our coverage beginning uh, here on 94.3 The Game, uh, 9 o'clock. Uh, they are down, they being Temple, to a, a four-string quarterback. That uh, also was uh, revealed within the last uh, 24, uh, 36 hours. But it's going to be Matt Duncan and uh, he's he got a little bit of action in the UCF game. Anthony Russo was kind of the veteran guy they thought they were going to have uh, back, and they've gone through a couple of other guys now with injury and and again the COVID protocol and what have you. Uh, Duncan, I don't I don't know how much film there is on him. Uh, is it the Duncan kid that you have a little familiarity with, um, or or is it another quarterback on their roster that you recruited his brother? Uh, it's him. Uh, okay. He's from Ashley Ridge High, Ashley Ridge High School, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, we recruited his, his older brother uh, a few years back, and so uh, you know, good players, a three-star coming out of high school. Um, you know, signed scholarship at uh, Temple, had offers. You know, at uh, multiple FBS schools across the country. So, good football player. He's young. Uh, you know, we've uh, you know we've 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 played with a young quarterback this year. Right. So, uh, yeah. you know, you. Uh, I'm sure they'll be prepared. They have a very, very good football team. Uh, you look at their their fronts on both sides. You look at their skill position players. You know, it's the same guys we faced last year. So it's you know it's a deal where he's surrounded by a lot of talent, a lot of size. Um, you know, he's surrounded by a very good roster, and you know he's he's got to be an operator, and that's uh, that's what you ask of those players in that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a big offensive line. They've had to move some guys around, but. Uh, up front defensively, uh, Daniel Archibong is back, and uh, he's a load and is a guy that you, you might could see uh, playing on Sundays, uh, 6'6", 300 pounds. And I guess last year was wearing number 95. He's wearing number 6 this year, so Pirate fans could be out on the lookout for that. But uh, he is a handful uh, in the middle of that defensive line. No doubt. I mean, he, yeah, and I think you wore 6 last year, too. Did he? Okay. He 95 the year before. So. Okay. Yeah, he and he – and, uh, he and number nine are the two returning starters at the interior defensive tackles. Number nine wore 88 last year. Gotcha. He's okay. the one that had the number change. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Archie Bong, no doubt, is a, a future, you know, pro prospect. And, 
you know, both five techniques, uh, 17 and 12, uh, you know, quality players. 17 was a starter last year, 12 uh, as a transfer from Wake Forest. Um, so, you know, their defensive front is, you know, they're as good as anybody we've seen. They're very formidable. Uh, you know, solid linebacker crew, uh, stand-up positions. They run very well in the secondary. So it's, you know, it's a very good defensive uh, unit we're facing. And and they're not going to junk it up a lot. I mean, with what they have up front, they really don't blitz a whole lot, do they, Coach? No, I mean, they, they generate a lot of pressure with their down four. Uh, it blitz a little bit, but not a ton. Um, you know, they're able to match up man-to-man in the secondary, uh, play a combination of man and quarters. Uh, just, a, you know, very fundamental uh, defense that they you know, rely on their, their size and their ability uh, more so than anything else. Uh, ECU at Temple coming up Saturday. Uh, it's a, a noon kickoff from Philadelphia. Uh, several protocols put in place in Philadelphia. The Pirate program's working through some of that uh, right now. Let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the Pirate side of things. I, I think Colton Aylers would be the first to admit that uh, he had one of uh, his worst performances, quite frankly, uh, statistically at least. Uh, you've gone back and looked at the uh, the film. Uh, it was a tough day for, for Holton, and again, I'm, I'm sure there's several uh, of his attempts he kind of wishes he had back. Yeah, you know, he he he's the hardest on himself, as anybody is, so that's the thing I've tried to do, you know, the uh, last couple of days since the games, just encourage him. Uh, he's a better player than he than he played on uh, Friday night, and uh, certainly he wishes, uh, he wishes he had that performance back, but, you know, you can't, you don't get second chances with it. You just got to learn from it. Uh, and, you know, what, what can I do better next time? Uh, we all know that he's capable of playing at a very, very high level. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll play well this weekend. And, uh, you know, I have no doubt that, uh, you know, he'll get everything corrected and he needs to get corrected. Was it anything particular? I mean, Cincinnati, I mean, we talked about it all last week. I mean, you, one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, was there anything in particular they did, or is it just one of those days where, where Holton didn't have his best day? Well, I think it's a combination of the two. You know, I think it's, you know, when you when you if you look at some of the, you know, mistakes. I mean, it's not uh, it's not all on the quarterback, even though the quarterback gets you know the bulk of the blame. And that's that's why I've, I shared with Holton the first time I met with him. Uh, I reminded him of it uh, this weekend. It's you know when you, when you win, you know the the quarterback and the head coach get you know probably more credit than they deserve. And right. when you lose, the other the other side of that happens. So. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, a combination of stuff. You know, we had a receiver that was, you know, trying to run a hot route, maybe didn't quite run the exact uh, most precise route uh, to pull the, the rat player away. And the rat player sitting in the window, holding doesn't see him on the pick six. And, uh, you know, the play's designed for that guy to be gone. Uh, you know, you have a guy run the wrong route on another one of the, the interceptions. And, you know, it's, it, it you know just it, if when when you don't have great execution right yeah you know things get compounded so you know yeah he he takes a lot of heat you know he's got to do a great job protecting the ball but it's not always all on the quarterback either yeah uh, coach uh, Keaton Mitchell and uh, you know there were there were a lot of viral moments out of this game but a, a viral moment that I thought was pretty cool was Keaton's mom celebrating his first uh, touchdown. And, uh, yeah. that was cool. And, uh, it was just, it was great to see him. You know, I, I certainly Roger Harris has had a fantastic year and, uh, even had a solid game Friday night rushing the football, but, uh, Keaton Mitchell, I, I don't know if you want to call it a, a kind of a breakout moment, but, uh, certainly something that, uh, 
I think you and, and Coach Kirkpatrick and the other coaches on the offensive side were anticipating could happen any game now. Yeah, we've been anticipating it since the beginning of the year, and I'll make comments to Keaton just about every week. Of, you know, he'll make a great play in practice, and I'll be I'll like, you know, hey, 2-5, I'm waiting to see that on game day right there. So uh, it was great to see him have those moments. Um, comes from a sports family. Yeah. You know, dad, dad played in the NFL uh, for many years with the Ravens. Mom is, uh, you know, was an athlete. She's the athletic director of Fulton County. Uh, so she's heavily involved in athletics down in Atlanta. So uh, big sports family. Uh, she's, you know, his biggest fan. So, uh, you know, it was a, a great moment, you know, to see him have a night like that and also to see her reaction. He had a big uh, game in the state finals, if I recall. You talking about it times previously, yeah. too. I mean, he huge. Yeah. So uh, it, it's something that you I know you all were were anticipating happening. It's great to see. Uh, happened there. Uh, Coach, one of your favorite questions, I'm sure, is the health of everybody. Uh, Will Penix be back this week? What are we looking at health-wise as of now? And and a lot of things could change, obviously. Uh, We're hoping that Darius is back. Um, We're going to have several guys out. Uh, It it is what it is. got to deal with it and move on. So, uh, you know, we always talk about the next guy being ready. So, you know, that's, that's what we, that's what we're working on right now is getting the next guy ready. Yeah. But, uh, hoping, hoping to have Darius back. Yeah. How much does that add, uh, if he is back? I mean, what does that do as far as what you ultimately want to do running the football? If everybody's kind of back and contributing out of, out of that trio of Harris, uh, Mitchell and, and, uh, Darius Penix back potentially. Well, I think anytime that you get a, a healthy ball carrier back late in the season, that's a huge plus. Uh, just, you know, the wear and tear of the year takes its toll on players. So, um, you know, that, you know, get Darius back and he's a hundred percent. Then I think it's certainly going to be an asset, you know, in the run game, it's going to be an asset, you know, in the pass game, it's going to be an asset on special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's an older player, he's got experience, uh, and he's important to our program. So, you know, if, if, if he's, you know, fully, fully ready to go, then certainly it'll be a big boost for us. Yeah. Coach, what will be uh, the things that you will kind of have your team focusing in on and honing in on uh, the rest of the week? Well, I, th- I think that we've got to just, you know, have a great week of preparation, obviously. Uh, we got to be prepared to play at a very high level on Saturday and in many areas. You know, we're going to have to be a very physical football team on Saturday. Uh, we're going to have to play very well defensively. You know, they've got, uh, you know, they're, they're big, strong running backs uh, behind that big offensive line. We've mm-hmm. got to do a great job of, you know, trying to, you know, get those guys under control. Uh, you know, that way we can, you know, hopefully, you know, get a little bit of uh, pressure on uh, on the young quarterback and give them some different looks. Uh, you know, it would be great if we could force some turnovers there. So, uh, you know, offensively, uh, just have to, you know, continue to improve with our execution right there, you know, Hold down the turnovers. That's the big, the big negative from the other night. Uh, execute better in the, in the passing game. Uh, continue to, you know, keep, uh, you know, performing well in the in the run game. Um, you know, special teams in a game like this one. Well, I think what I think it's going to be on Saturday. They're going to be big because field position is going to be big. Uh, so we got to win that phase also. So it's just going to take a complete team effort. Uh, you know, going on the road, uh, and you know, against a program that, you know, ECU has not beaten. Uh, in American Conference yeah. play, so mm-hmm. uh, it's it's you know it's a big ball game for us. Yeah, the, the yeah. series with Temple dates back uh, decades, uh, and and since uh, Temple's 
joined the American, uh, and they've had some coaches run through there, but they've, they've kind of had a, a court of toughness that uh, runs as a common thread through their uh, program. So uh, physicality, as you say, will be very, very important. Uh, Coach, thank you for the time, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, catching up with you later on. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good week. You too. Uh, Mike Houston. There he goes. Uh, the one and six Pirates, one and five in the American, one and five Temple, one and five in the American. Lincoln Financial Field, noon on Saturday in uh, a city that uh, every time I've gone there, uh, I've had a great time. Enjoyed working many hoops games in uh, Philly over the last uh, several years. They love hoops. Any cheesesteaks uh, cheese when you went? I, I did, but not at any of the touristy places. Ah, I, I, okay. We, we went... Uh, the guy I worked with, I uh, doing the last time I went. The guy that I worked with doing the basketball game, we went elsewhere. I, I've a few years ago, I was flying into that airport a lot, out of Raleigh, um, to go, you know, do games in that region, uh, for Masson many, many years ago. So, uh, no, I, I, you know, Philly gets kind of this rap. I always like the people in Philly. They always were pretty, you know, good to deal with. Crazy drivers, I'll say that insane drivers uh but uh yeah always good to work with uh temple officially leads the series nine eight uh and uh on the field the owls have captured wins in 10 of the 17 matchups but their 45 28 victory in 1986 was forfeited to the pirates because uh they used an ineligible player uh, Pirates are five and four against Temple in Philadelphia all time, uh, but Temple has won, gosh, five, six in a row in the uh, in this uh, all time matchup, which uh, dates back to the 1980s, actually early 1980s. All right, uh, Ben Byram is standing by. Ben's got an update on what's going on out there uh, beyond Pirate football. Ben, take it away. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barham here for your 94th of the game sports update. We have some huge high school football news. This 2020's NCIS AA Football State Championship matchup is set for this Friday after defeating St. David's 58-36. Third-ranked Parrot Academy has secured a spot in the state championships against Greenville's own second-ranked JP2. Tonight, matching is set to kick off at 7 as Buffalo travels to Bowling Green. The Buffalo Bulls are the heavy favorites by 32 points, with the over-under being 58.5 points. Later on, the Akron Zips battle the Kent State Golden Flashes. The Zips are huge underdogs by 26.5 points, the over-under being 59 points. Meanwhile, Charlotte's game against 15th-ranked Marshall has been postponed due to COVID issues with the 49ers program. The Conference USA is currently working on a date to reschedule the game. As it stands, the undefeated Thundering Herd are not set to play again until December 5th against Rice. And Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence was revealed to be COVID-free moments ago and is expected to play this weekend at the Tigers matchup on the road against Florida State. From college basketball, big news out of the American is Wichita State head coach Greg Marshall has officially resigned after allegations of physical and verbal abuse. Marshall and the University have agreed to a contract settlement of $7.75 million to be paid over the next six years. Assistant coach Isaac Brown will take over as the team's interim coach. And wrapping up from the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks have agreed to deals to acquire Pelicans guard Drew Holiday and Kings forward Bogdan Bogdanovich. Meanwhile, NBA guard James Harden has rejected a contract extension with the Rockets worth $50 million a year, the first of its kind. Harden has made it clear to Houston's ownership that he's solely focused 
on a trade to the Brooklyn Nets. If you're 94 through the game sports update, I'm Ben Barr. More from the P-Man after this quick timeout. Online or on the go. Love it. Log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Eastern North Carolina's best sports lineup is right here on 94.3 The Game. Dude, yes! Clay Travis on the drive to work. Dan Patrick mornings. Adam Gold middays. Colin Cowherd afternoons. And Patrick Johnson on the drive home. Mm-mm. Music to Monday. Bang down ears. Right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game and 943thegame.com. Just a good old Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. We've been working on the last hour or so is just how we can how we can function. Uh, you know, there's there's no indoor meetings of any kind. Really? Uh, we cannot eat together. Um, you know, we're just trying to figure out how to get the kids there, how to get them fed, how to how to do anything as regards to uh, you know, it, it, we're not going to be able to use our normal our normal schedule this Friday and Saturday. So, just got to figure it out. All right, uh, ninety four three, the game. Patrick Johnson. Mike Houston there from the Mike Houston show last night. I just, you know, I listened to what that coach Carey says for Temple. They've locked down Philadelphia. And ECU's got all these, I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, coach knows probably. I just am not as confident that this one's going to get in on Saturday. I don't know what it is. I just, I have a sense that. You know, but but again, he has more of his finger on the pulse here. It's up to the conference. It's kind of up to the conference hierarchy um, and that medical staff. And I mean, I, I think ECU's coach are ready to go play. I mean, they've got injuries too. They've got guys they're going to miss as well. But uh, I mean, that's some serious stuff. I mean, they're not letting people meet indoors in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, they're not even putting like a numbers restriction on. You can only have five people that. Thanksgiving, like I guess the state of Washington or Joe Biden wants to do. I mean, that's that's just really nuts. It's tough. It's tough. I I'm still just not real confident about basketball. I you know I'm, I think you'll get off the ground, but I I just don't know. You know, overall, how good I feel about that. Uh, a couple more cuts from Rod Carey, I think, that are kind of interesting. Uh, and this is Rod Carey talking about, uh, he kind of worked this in at the end. Did you guys listen to that whole thing from him yesterday? He kind of, um, at the end's like, yeah, our one guy started last week's going to be out. We're going to start uh, Matt Duncan. <laughs> Even the, the media relations guy was kind of like, whoa, uh, this is temple coach Rod Carey. They're starting, uh, a kid who's kind of in, in some ways, he's, you know, like Holden Naylor's, he's a left-hander, he's a dual-threat guy, and he's a true freshman, not as tall as Holden, uh, Holton is, but, uh, you know, 
in some ways they're kind of similar as far as build and, and what they do. I know Coach Houston telling us he's real impressed with the way that Matt Duncan throws the football. This is the Temple coach, Rod Carey, announcing that Duncan's going to be the starter Saturday against ECU. Real Mitchell will be out the rest of the year, so we'll start Matt Duncan at quarterback this Friday, and he'll be backed up by Kamal Graves, who freshman walk-on. So they're down to their four-string quarterback. Uh, they don't get Anthony Russo, who has uh, had big games against the Pirates in recent years. Uh, Russo is going to be out till Monday because of COVID protocol and contact tracing. And uh, so they're down to their four-string guy. And Temple's had its issues on offense. They've gone through so many guys at quarterback. That's a big reason why. Uh, this is uh, Coach Rod Carey talking about Holton Aylers and Mike Houston. Yeah, well, we played against him last year, and we thought he had a bright future. And I think that certainly hasn't produced in wins, I'm sure, for Coach Houston the way that he wanted it to. But you can see from my perspective, uh, you know, how he has matured and he's way more comfortable running this offense. And he's, you know, got a big-time arm and he moves well. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a big challenge for us. And Coach Houston, I, I have most respect for um, – I know that's kind of sometimes coaches speak, but I kind of came up the same way he did through the lower ranks and, um, you know, now at this level. So I know he understands what it takes to get a team ready and uh, how to build a program. And, um, you can certainly see that uh, taking shape too. Yeah. All right. That's, uh, that's uh, Coach Carey, the uh, Temple head coach. And uh, nice job by our guys to get some of that uh, audio from him. Uh, yesterday, the NCHSAA, North Carolina High School Athletic Association, had their press conference and, or like a Zoom press conference. And it talked about, you know, they've started volleyball. They have the kids wearing masks uh, playing. And, you know, the people are kind of, whoa, they, they kind of find that hard to believe because, you know, they've limited the amount of people that can go indoors and watch these games. And, What's really crazy to me, um, and I didn't think about this yesterday, but, you know, is the oxygen intake, especially when you got kids, you know, sort of firing things up. Now, volleyball, you're not running as much, but not to say volleyball players are not athletes. They're great athletes, but you're not kind of running like you're in basketball. And I mean, you know, anybody who's played basketball will tell you it does take, especially as you start the season, it takes a little bit of time to kind of get your legs under you. Uh, this is... Uh, Q Tucker today, when she was asked, or I should say Q Tucker yesterday, when she was asked about, you know, the, the kind of the mask mandate for volleyball players, but then it, that the question kind of was followed up and mainly to discuss basketball. This is what she had to say. Basketball, obviously, right now is an out-of-season sport. So mm -hmm. basketball is in skill development, which means that we shouldn't have scrimmaging and two on twos, three on threes, all of those things that, you know, occur in basketball uh, under normal circumstances. So those should not be occurring. So wearing the mask indoors for skill development is required when working on free throws, when doing regular shooting drills, when doing just some very basic conditioning drills that are done during this time. And so we want our basketball coaches in particular because uh, we know that they have some concerns because we know that basketball is still considered high risk. 
So we're asking all of our indoor sport folk uh, to really just dial it back at this time. We, we understand that playing basketball wearing masks is, pro is perhaps problematic. And so we're not asking anybody to do anything uh, moving beyond these next two or three weeks. So that's what we want to have happen uh, with basketball uh, in the weight room. Uh, if wrestling is doing any kind of uh, drills uh, in their mat rooms, same thing, wear the mask. So Parrot Academy tonight is uh, playing Rocky Mount Academy and uh, playing them over in Rocky Mount. Rocky Mount's already played a game. I wonder if anybody there is going to be wearing uh, any masks. Uh, let's see if JP two has started. No, they don't start. Yeah. They've started tonight too. They're playing epiphany. So you got the independent schools, private schools have already kind of started up basketball. They got through volleyball. They got through, uh, football. Quite obviously they still have a championship game to be played. Pungo's also playing against Bethel Christian in that eight man championship. I think the level one. Uh, in that, in that deal, kind of like one, a two a and, uh, you know, Pungo's over in Bellhaven. So they're all about to get through this football season with no big issues. I think they played soccer at the private schools. They've done all this and they've got their sports in They're starting basketball tonight. And I just don't, I don't see where, uh, what they're doing would not be anything that you would look at, you know, from the level of the NCHSAA, because a lot of those schools, those private schools are in school. They're in school. And, you know, there was the question yesterday about why would you, the, the guy from channel five sports and Raleigh trying to get goad commissioner Tucker into blaming athletes that are playing club sports or AAU sports for causing outbreaks at a high school. Well, they're, they're, where's the, the basis on that? I mean, all the studies show that there's no, there's no issue of, of transmission playing football. There's the study in Wisconsin. You know, there were in the first few weeks where all the states were playing thousands of games played during the uh, high school football season, no transmission playing sports. Uh, in fact, as Ron Butler said, you can catch because of the screening that they, they've been able to maybe catch kids that they, that might have a fever. I've had other people tell me that you can catch kids because you got to do some screening. And if a kid's got it running a little bit of a fever, you, you pull them out. Obviously just not a lot of common sense being instituted out of Chapel Hill, in my opinion. All right. Uh, a timeout. We'll come back, wrap things up after this. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right. Uh, thanks to Coach Houston for taking a few minutes with us. Uh, boy, how about Marshall? What'd you say, Ben? They're not going to play? Wow. They're not going to play till I think, December yeah, the 5th, 5th against Rice. You know, they've had a great year. And just have, it's been so herky-jerky. 
according to CBS Sports, Wichita State's initial asking price to get Greg Marshall to resign was $2 million. And they're reporting that he is not selling for that. Instead, they've negotiated for Marshall to exit Wichita $7.75 million over the next six years. Wow. There you go. We're in the wrong business, boys. The wrong business. Uh, thanks to Coach Houston, as I mentioned. Great job by Ben Byram and uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington. We'll uh, see you tomorrow for the Patrick Johnson Show, Brian Mull, and uh, other great surprises. Thank you.